Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 87. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. It's Tuesday, which means it's Talking Tuesday. I'm so happy to be able to do a Talking Tuesday. It's been too long. Um, so what do we do on Talking Tuesdays if this is your first Talking Tuesday? Uh, I basically just go the extra mile to take the advice that my uh, guest mentors are offering us by reading the books that they suggest, uh, tapping into the resources that they are saying is worth any restaurant professional's time. And um, today uh, I want to kind of recap what I learned out at the Chef's Collaborative Summit. I had the opportunity to sit in on a amazing lecture by guest speaker Ari Weinswag of Zingerman's. And I've got to say, this speech just resonated with me so much uh, that the title of the lecture was The 12 Natural Laws of Building a Great Business. And everything he was saying during this lecture out in Boulder, Colorado, uh, just resonated with me so much. And during the speech, I was like, oh my God, I have got to do an episode dedicated to the content that Ari is sharing us. Uh, And uh, I, I love this speech so much. I bought his book and I was reading through the book and lo and behold, on page 40, there, there it was, uh, the 12, you know, natural laws of building a great business. So I, I saw it as an omen. I was like, okay, I got to dedicate an episode to these 12 laws. Um, and you have to pick up this book too. It's incredible. Uh, their business model, I guess I'll talk a little bit more about Zimmerman's to paint the big picture for you. Uh, they started out in 1982 as a small delicatessen and have since built their business into a company that does over 35 million in annual sales. And it's just incredible what they're doing, where they've come, um, where they started, and, where, and how they've gotten to where they are today without selling out, with not not sacrificing their morals and their business ethics. And to be able to, to reach such a level of success with remaining true to your core values, I mean, we can just learn so much from this company. And I, I just needed to make an example of them and what they're doing. Um, it's you you will see why once I get into these 12 steps. Um, but I mean, really what it boils down to, uh, is they invest in their people. They cultivate talent, they, uh, make work fun and they, and you know, they just see potential from their employees and they invest in those employee dreams and they do it in a way that they're not only helping out their team members, but they're also expanding upon their brand and everybody wins their community wins. They win their employees win. it's a win, 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 win all around. And it's just really inspiring. So that's it for me, <laughs> confessing my love for the Zingerman's brand. But uh, I think once you hear these laws and, uh, you know, the laws that they live by, you'll see why they're so great. And I guess we'll start with the first law. And that law is an inspiring strategic sound vision leads the way to greatness. So I guess what we're trying to say here, before you start, you need to have a clear vision of your morals, 
of what you want to become before you can start. And you need to commit it to writing. Uh, you need to be very clear about it. So uh, you don't drift from that vision. Uh, so you can refer to this vision and get back on course and, you know, have that focus that you need to reach these goals that you set for yourself. So what is a vision as they define it? It is um, a, a picture of what success looks like at a particular time in the future. So uh, it's just really important that you get that vision written out. And uh, this isn't a business plan. I guess that's really important to point out. This isn't a business plan. A business plan is the roadmap you create once your vision is established. So before you start with the business plan, you need to get really clear on that vision of what success means to you. Um, you know, what is special about your business? Like what separates you from the other people that are out there? Uh, how can you relate to your customers in a way that nobody else can? Um, how does this vision fit into your community? How does your community benefit from this this vision. What role do you play as the owner in this vision? Um, and you know, how much money do you want to make? Uh, these are all kind of the questions you need to be answering when you're creating your vision. And one last thing I want to point out before we move on to the next law is one of the reasons why a vision is so important is you need to make clear to your team why they're there. If it's written out and the vision's clear and everyone's on the same page, if everyone's working and pushing in the same direction for the same purpose because of the same vision, the the work is going to be easier and more effective because you're all working towards the same goals. And that's just getting that straight from the get-go is crucial to a successful business. I would even be willing to take it a step further. If you guys haven't heard of a vision board, I'd say create a vision board and put it someplace in your restaurant where everyone on your team can see it and constantly be reminded of why they exist, why the organization exists, and why they are significant. Uh, put it in the lounge area, if you guys have like an employee lounge area, or like in the in like above the door going into the dining room, and have them maybe tap it, kiss their hand and tap it every time they go by, like they do in the like football games or something. I don't know, that's a little extreme, but... If, you're, if you've never heard of a vision board, I can put links in the show notes to Pinterest. Um, it basically, it's just putting your vision on a poster and having it be there always to constantly remind you. Very, very strong, valuable tool. The second law is that you need to give customers a really compelling reason to buy from you. You need to get straight from the beginning that your customers are more important to you than you are to them. And they have a lot of options, and you need to find out what makes you special. Why are your customers going to buy from you? Um, what can you offer your customers that your competitors can't? Never stop looking for ways to make your service better and more convenient. Um, always, this kind of goes back to Kaizen. We say it all the time. Always be improving. Always be looking for a way to get that uh, you know step ahead or to be more convenient, like we, we mentioned. Um, but just never stop going that extra mile to give your customers a reason to buy from you. And really what it boils down to is just, are you willing to do the little things that everyone else isn't willing to do? Are you willing to say thank you to every guest that comes in, to uh, pick up that little piece of paper on the ground, to realign the seats every time somebody gets up, and just to keep things standard and set and just a little bit better than everybody else? And it's those little differences that are going to make people want to buy from you versus your competitors. All right, the third law is without good finance, you will fail. Really what this boils down to is, I mean, you can have the best work ethic, the best food, the best concept, 
ever. But if you don't know how to manage money, you will not make it. It is a business at the end of the day. If you don't file your taxes right, you can get in a lot of trouble. If your money's not going to the right place, it could be getting lost or people could be stealing from you. You need to really be able to manage your money well and account for every penny that's coming in through your doors and knowing where it's going and how it's being applied. And uh, and really the best way to do this, uh, in my opinion, this is what I learned from reading Steve DeFilippo's or Steve DeFilippo's. It's all about the guests. He, uh, just goes on and on about how important his, uh, certified public accountant is his CPA. And I think that's one of the investments any smart restaurateur would make. If you're not, if you don't have that business mentality, if you're not, you know, solid on the books, make that investment to hire a CPA because you will get your money back. Uh, that is one place you do not want to pinch pennies. It's so important managing those that, that money and your the business side of things. Uh, just you cannot <laughs> cannot cut corners there. Absolutely not. Uh, Ari does recommend a book uh, to help with this. It is The Financial Intelligence uh, by Karen Berman and Joel Knight. I have not read that, but I will include that book in the show notes. Uh, the next law is people do their best work when they are a part of a really great organization. So what does this mean? Basically, people want to know that their work is going towards a greater cause, that they are serving a purpose, that they're a part of something awesome. So if you're a great organization and you have that vision clearly mapped, like written out and they know that their hard work is going towards serving their community and serving their guests in a way that nobody else can. And that this hard work is paying off their, that there's an impact because of it, then they will be 10 times more likely to put in that extra effort because what it all boils down to is people have higher needs. In today's age, when it's so easy to get things like a job and a steady paycheck, to pay you know the bills and to get food in your stomach and a roof over your head, relatively speaking, it's really easy and you can get those needs met at most jobs. But to be truly happy, you need your higher needs to be satisfied and being a part of a great organization where you feel like you belong and that your work has a purpose and uh, you're not just showing up, punching the clock, doing your job and going home and it's not going to a greater cause. If you're a great organization that has great morals and serves your community and helps other people, if you're a part of that team and a part of that great organization, your people are going to be 10 times more happy because they are part of that. And they know deep down inside that their work is going towards that greater cause. And to be a part of that, just it feeds that hunger for those higher needs that you can't fix with tangible things like money or fancy cars or like nice clothes, uh, but things that make you feel complete as a human being. And being a great organization will help people satisfy that hunger to be great. Uh, so that's the fourth law. The fifth law is if you want your staff to give great service to customers, you as the leader have to give great service to your staff. Basically here, your staff will never serve your customers better than you are willing to serve your staff. So if you want outstanding service, you need to give outstanding service to your, the people that are in your organization. 
and show them how much you appreciate them. Go above and beyond to serve them, not just as the boss, you know, like don't, it's not, it goes further than just training and then making sure they're doing their job right. And, you know, making sure they get the vacation time they want, uh, look deeper, get to know them, get to find out what their desires are, what their passions are, what their strengths are, and bring those passions, those desires, and those strengths to the surface and cultivate that person and help them get to the next level. Even if that next level means not staying with you, help them get to where they need to be in life to be happy. And every once in a while, you'll find that person that their passions and their uh, strengths and their desires will strongly parallel something that you need in your business and you can provide opportunity to, opportunity to that person to help them get to that point in their life where they can get the most satisfaction for themselves and benefit you as an organization with your expanding and growing as a business. Um, but really the best way to look at this is uh, they call it servant leadership. You as a leader, your sole purpose is to serve others. And uh, he suggests reading of the book. Um, hold on one second. I have it written down here. Uh, Servant Leadership, uh, written by Robert Greenleaf. Yeah, I'll have that in the show notes, too. Also, this kind of reminds me back to one of the past guests I had, Brick Burton, who talks about Coach Woodman and uh, his advice, basically, to, to serve that. If you, if you can envision a hierarchy, if you're the boss, you're the owner at the top of that hierarchy, um, and you have the mentality that everyone below you in the hierarchy exists to serve you, just reverse that, flip that that hierarchy upside down and put yourself at the bottom and think of it as your job at the bottom is to serve everyone above you. And that's the mentality you have to have. All right, on to the sixth law. And that law is if you want great performance from your staff, you have to give them clear expectations and training tools. So it's not enough just to tell them what you want. Uh, what Ari writes, his words exactly are... Uh, to run a great organization, it's very clear that we need to be clear about what we're asking from the folks that work for us. So he goes on, uh, and I'm quoting him from the book, he writes, To run a great organization, it's very clear that we need to be clear about what we're asking from the folks who work for us. And then we need to effectively teach them how to meet our expectations. Uh, he goes on and he shares some numbers from a survey that was taken from a, a book called uh, First Break All Rules. And that survey is polling 1 million workers and 80,000 managers. And uh, they determine the factors that are, are most important for keeping the best workers in their jobs uh, for the longest periods of time. Uh, these factors are uh, clear expectations. And the second factor is uh, the tools to do their job. So after you know polling these people, that's what they discovered. I mean, these are the things that managers need uh, and workers need to be happy is clear expectations and the tools. So what does this say to me? Basically, what we learn from the show and from talking to all these people, it's so critically important to have systems, procedures, and policies, operations manuals. That's Those are the expectations. That's clearly stating the expectations in the the roadmap to meet those expectations. And that's why we have these written down and they're committed to an operations manual because that's the way. So in order for our people to be successful and effective, it's our responsibility to give them those expectations, AKA an operations manual um, and standards. And then it's our job to effectively train them. It's not an, enough just to say, this is the way it's your job to make sure that they understand and are 100% 
on board and gung ho and clear with your vision and your operation manual. Uh, but it all starts with you providing great training, um, which is one of the reasons why I had my last guest on the show, uh, Todd Edmond with uh, waytrainer.com because I mean, they just create these incredible systems that all you have to do is adopt turnkey ready, but uh, I don't need to get into that. We already talked about that. I think it was episode 86. Check it out. All right. The seventh Law is successful businesses do the things that others know they should do, but generally don't. I think this all just comes down to uh, self-control and uh, really just basic discipline. Uh, You need to have the ability to do things you don't want to do because you know you need to do them for the greater cause. And it's easier said than done. Uh, he gives a great example in the book. When they were trying to uh, create their menu and they are developing this menu, they knew they wanted to have, uh, I believe it was a corned beef hash sandwich or something like that on the menu. Um, in order to have that sandwich done uh, right, they needed a certain type of bread. And the closest place they could get this bread was a 45-minute drive away. Uh, from a baker in like the suburbs of Detroit, um, that was the best option. This was the best bread, hands down. They knew that's what they wanted, but this place didn't deliver. So they had to go every day, make that 45-minute drive, which seems ridiculous, but they knew it was the best thing for the organization, um, and they're willing to do it. Uh, and those are the things you need to do uh, that you know you should do that most people aren't willing to do that will help you get ahead. So the next time you're faced in a situation where you're like, this is probably the better option, but uh, it's so inconvenient. Do it anyway. Uh, it's going to suck, but it will pay off in the long run because it's the little things that you're willing to do that others won't do that will make you have that unique selling proposition that will give you the edge on your competition. Uh, really valuable uh, piece of advice there. Okay, on to the eighth law of building a great business. Uh, That law is... To get greatness, you've got to keep getting better all the time. Again, Kaizen, I I know I beat it to to crap on the show, but you have to consider yourself a student all the time. Uh, If you don't see yourself as a student, uh, people will, will surpass you. You have to stay ahead of the pack and constantly be the first to adopt new technologies, to be more effective, to be more efficient. There's always a way to do something better. Uh, if you haven't seen Thomas Keller's TED Talks, it's great. He talks about how they always have a system to do everything, and then every once in a while, somebody will come through and find a better way to do it. And uh, I think he uses the example of using tape on a table. But ever, I guess they used to tear the tape, but one day somebody got scissors and cut the tape, And because that was a more effective, cleaner way of doing it ever since, they always cut the tape. It sounds silly, but it's just those little things that you can do to constantly make yourself better, uh, to educate yourself, to uh, find out what's out there that will create better systems uh, to be more efficient and effective. I mean, I'm pretty sure I already said all this, but I mean, it's just I can't repeat it enough. Um, You always have to be pushing yourself to do it better. Don't settle for good enough. Ever. All right. The ninth law is success means you get better problems. So one of the things you have to accept in this industry, which is really cool concept is you're always going to have problems. If you think that things are going to get easier with time and the problems will disappear as your systems get better. uh, The truth is as you get better, you get better problems. And the example he used in the book is when he reached the point 
where they were just too big and they had to expand. Um, it was that time of their uh, business life cycle where it was time to either, you know, franchise or create multiple locations. That was a problem they had. They didn't know how to face it. Um, they had to learn how to best face face that problem without sacrificing their values and their their morals. So their solution to that problem was to uh, not expand among the deli, but to create other businesses in their community, uh, highlighting those skills within their uh, their their organization and cultivating those skills and investing in their people. And that's how they expanded. And that's how they got to where they are today, making 35 million a year, uh, gross sales. I mean, it's really cool, but I guess the, the moral is, um, problems are never going to go away. Um, but your job is to make the problems that happen. Good problems and good problems just need solving and to find the way to find the best solution to those problems, uh, I guess is the, the concept you need to grasp. If you're in this industry and you think it's going to get easier with time, uh, the bad news is it's going to get harder with time, but you are going to have a greater impact as the problems get harder and better, if that makes any sense. <laughs> All right. On to the next law, and that law is uh, whatever your strengths are, they will likely also be your weaknesses. Uh, this is a kind of cool little note. So, uh, I guess Ari uses uh, his strength as an example, and his strength is focus. Uh, and there's no doubt that that strength that he has of being able to focus has, without a doubt, contributed to his success because you need to have that focus to be successful. But at the same time, it's this focus that gets him in trouble sometimes because he struggles with being able to, to drop what he's focused on when maybe it's time to give up on a concept that isn't right or uh, just won't make it, uh, he has trouble uh, quitting. And I, I, you know, it's funny because I would say I have a similar strength. My my strength is my passion in my heart, and I I can't quit. It's it's easier for me to fail at something and to keep going, knowing that I tried. It's just to to stop and quit. Uh, I can't do it, but sometimes that gets me in trouble because um, I should recognize when uh, it's time to quit, that something might not be right for me, but I can't be looked at as a, a failure or a quitter, so I just keep going. Um, so that's also a weakness because sometimes you need to have that foresight to get out while you still can. Um, but what's really great about accepting this law is that if you recognize your strengths as also being a, your weaknesses, well, one, you're going to reduce your stress because um, there's really nothing you can do about it. If you just learn to uh, accept that, uh, you'll find that your life will be a lot less stressful. And two, if you know your strength is also your weakness and that eventually these strengths will reveal weaknesses, it allows you to forecast the potential issues that will arise because of your weaknesses. So basically it gives you the foresight to know that there are certain problems that may arise because of your strengths in the long run and to be aware of those problems uh, surfacing and stopping them before they become a, a real issue. Okay, we're almost done, guys. We're on to number 11, and that is... Uh, it generally takes a lot longer to make something great happen than people think. So most things really uh, they take a lot of time to build. 
And Ari's business partner, Paul, uh, says, Professionalism means sticking with something long after the glamour has worn off. Uh, long after you, you know, sometimes you make these changes or you get innovative and you uh, find new ways to do things and you implement these new ways, uh, you don't stick with it long enough for those new concepts or those new practices to really get traction and you never really benefit from the new idea. So uh, whenever you have these new ideas or these innovations, you have to commit them to your operations manual, uh, get it committed to writing, and be really, really good about sticking to those new ways to do things because it's your improvements aren't going to happen overnight. Um, and that's another thing that I should bring up too. This is a great opportunity to uh, kind of point out the significance of getting software in your restaurant that can collect data like Swipely or like any type of POS system that collects data. Another thing, Hum Systems, where basically uh, you collect data on your guests, but you need to know if these new efforts or these new innovations are making a difference and with software that allows you to quantify your efforts, that's really, you're putting numbers to your efforts to see where you were and where you're going. And if these new efforts are making a difference, uh, that's why it's so important to adopt some of these kind of cool technologies. Um, I do have episodes where I interview those companies and we talk in more detail why that's so significant. Check out the show notes for those links. All right. Um, so yeah, just another thing to keep in mind when you do implement these new innovations and these new concepts, um, just stick with it. Don't give up on it. Uh, and always find ways to improve those systems. Like we say, cause and then commit it to the business plan or the operations manual. Very, very important. All right, guys, we made it. Uh, we're at the 12th law and that law is great organizations are appreciative and the people in them have more fun. Uh, what's this mean to me? Just have gratitude and take the time to appreciate the little things you may take for granted. Um, think about what it is you're doing. I mean, you have this ability to live your life and to chase your desires and passions and make your dreams into a reality. Take this time to stop every now and again and realize that you're doing it. And that's so freaking awesome. Uh, but you have to appreciate it and you have to reflect and just have those, th th those gratitudes in your life. Take the time to literally stop and say, today I'm grateful for this. And let the people in your organization know how much you appreciate them, uh, their, their work for you, how their work for you Without it, you wouldn't be able to, to have this dream and to, to chase your desires and your passions um, and show them how appreciative you are and make sure you have fun while you're doing it. That's why this industry is awesome. You can have so much fun in this industry. Uh, you can be yourself. Uh, people embrace innovation and just being a one-of-a-kind concept uh, and just embrace it that you are in a country that allows you to do these things. But just, I guess... Take the time to stop, reflect, appreciate, and show your gratitude and have fun while you're doing it. Um, and if you do that and all the other 12 steps or 12 laws that we talked about today, uh, you will have a great business. Uh, this is an awesome book. Obviously, the links will be in the show notes. Just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 87. And you will find the links to this book and everything else we discussed in today's episode. I uh, hope you guys uh, found as much value as I did in those 12 laws. 
Ari, if you are listening, uh, you are always welcome as a guest on the show. I hope I did you justice, or I hope I did the 12 Laws justice. Uh, I hope I represented you and your brand well. Uh, but hey, come on the show. Talk to us. Tell us your story. You're always welcome. Uh, I think you'd be a great addition to the melting pot of mentors. And um, yeah, until next time, peace out.